my stories. Written by my dad. It's my dad too! <laughs> we have our allowance now. Vader takes a dip. Doug had no idea that he'd save the world on a warm July day. His obsession with the dark side had a much better chance of getting him grounded. That would happen too, but that wasn't as significant as saving humanity. Of course, before I tell you much more about Doug, I think it needs to be understood that the Earth was on the verge of being invaded. Flying saucers had twisted space and traveled across the stars to attack. Science fiction had predicted this for years. It finally happened the day Doug went with his family to the neighborhood pool party. The aliens were hiding out behind the moon, gathering information about us, looking over our world and watching our transmissions. The very moment Doug was being told by his father, who was yelling up the stairs, Get that costume off and get in your swimsuit. Doug only followed half the command. He came down to where his entire family was waiting, dressed all in black with a cape. Printed controls were on his chest, and his face was covered by a mask. He was the Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Vader. His mom and his dad looked up at him. His older brother, Mike, had been staring down at his phone. He was the last one to see, but the first one to comment. You gotta be kidding me, he said after a double take. His dad held a stack of towels. He stared at his younger son, then turned to his wife, wanting to say something, but he was unable to find the words. Doug's mom didn't know how to respond either. For over a week, It's just a phase, had been her standard answer. But after ten days of seeing Doug with a mask on, it was going beyond even her tolerant nature. Luckily, it was summertime, and a kid could get away with acting strange, right up until they were invited over to their neighbors. We're going to a pool party! Doug's dad said to his mom as if she were the one in the costume. She knew this. Everyone knew this. But it still seemed necessary to state it. I know, his mom said. She looked up the stairs. Doug, we're going to a pool party, she explained to him. Again, this was common knowledge, hence the swimsuit and towels. Doug nodded his head. His eyes, which were hidden behind the mask, went from his mom to his dad. Indeed, he said in a deep voice. How are you going to swim in that getup? His mom asked. My suit is on, Doug pointed out, keeping his voice low as he waved his hand. He had pulled his swimsuit up over his costume. The black and red shorts almost seemed to make sense with its Star Wars logo printed in the corner. So you're going to swim in a Halloween costume? His dad asked. Doug's voice slipped out of character, but only for a moment. It's not a Halloween costume. I've never worn it for Halloween. Again, his father turned to his mom, hoping she could make sense of this. Doug. She started. It's my life support system. I need it to live, he added, returning to his voice. Keep messing with Dad and you'll definitely need life support, Mike said. He was getting up and heading towards the stairs with his hand out, ready to take the mask off his brother. Doug quickly pulled his lightsaber up. <laughs> Two feet of red plastic telescoped out and thwapped his brother on the wrist. Ow, Mike said, pulling his hand back. Doug had gone up higher on the stairs, ducking down into a fighting stance with the plastic blade out. Dad, Mike said, still rubbing his hand. His father was too busy massaging his forehead, feeling an impending headache. You know what? Let's just go. Let's just go, all right? His dad snarled, starting towards the door. He turned back to Doug. If you want to wear it, fine. Be hot. But don't you dare hit anyone else with that thing, or I'll take it away. And you'll never, ever see it again. Do you understand? Doug held his arm out rigid towards his father. He was slowly closing his fingers in the air. What's that supposed to mean? His father asked. Doug didn't answer. His father turned to his wife. What's he doing? 
I think he's trying to choke you with the force, Mike said. His father nodded his head up and down, then went out the screen door, letting it close behind him. Everyone in the car, he yelled. I thought we were walking? Doug's mom asked from the door. The pool party was only a few houses up the street. Doug's father stopped and looked back. Okay, fine, we're walking. Then let's, let's walk. Mike looked at Doug. You're really ticking him off. I find his lack of faith disturbing, Doug said in response. Mike stared at his brother, then followed his dad outside, shaking his head. Look, I'll make you a deal. You can wear your costume to the party, but if you're going to swim, I want you to take it off. It's not safe with the cape. You could get tangled. It's either that, or you stay here. Doug nodded his head while he pushed the lightsaber back down. Good, his mom said. It took him a moment to clip the plastic weapon on his swimsuit, so he had to hurry to catch up with his family. Hey, wait up! He called, his cape billowing behind him as he ran down the front yard. The whole neighborhood had been invited to the party, and apparently all of them had shown up. The Mulligans did this each year, but this was the first one for Doug and his family, since they only moved in last fall. The neighborhood wasn't very old. Many of the houses had been built in just the last few years. It was full of families and kids. The houses were big, bordering on what Doug's parents could afford, but the yards were tight. Luckily, there was a farm behind the whole track that gave everyone the illusion they had more space. The Mulligans had been here the longest, almost eight years, and they had a big enough piece of property for an in-ground pool. Most of the year, it sat empty. Not empty of water, but of people. Their kids were older and weren't as interested in going for a dip as they used to be. There were cars all down the road parked on the curb. Doug followed his parents through the gate and into the backyard. His father nodded to the people in the open garage. Some of them laughed when they saw Doug. Others just stared at the little Darth Vader. Doug's dad set his cooler down and nodded to Mr. Mulligan, who was standing in front of a grill made of polished steel that was roughly the size of a compact car. Mr. Mulligan lifted one eyebrow, staring at Doug. His dad shrugged and took out an adult beverage, not looking back as he wandered casually toward the food. Mike disappeared as well, breaking off and going towards the kids that were his age. His phone was out, and he was staring at it. Doug wasn't sure if he needed it to find his friends, but it certainly seemed that way, like he was using it as a scanner, guiding him towards his tribe. All right, Doug, why don't you find some kids your age? Doug's mom said. She touched the lawn chair they'd put their towels on. I'm sure the mulligans wouldn't mind if you went inside to get changed. Then you can leave your stuff here if you want. Doug looked at the house. Changed? What was she talking about, he wondered. His mom waited for some response, but Doug stayed quiet, and his face was unreadable behind the mask. Look, I just want you to be careful. It's been a while since you took your swim lessons. When I took them, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Right. Just remember our deal. You've got to take it off if you want to go in. She glanced at a group of moms from the PTA. She waved to them. Doug nodded his head and said something that his mother didn't hear. If she had, she may not have patted him on the shoulder and told him to have fun. What Doug said in his deep voice was, I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. He looked towards the pool, hearing the shrill voices of other children, but the legs and bodies of the adults blocked his view. He stood on a chair, then pushed the crowd out of his way. It was a strange thing that at that moment people chose to move. Strange to us, but not to Doug. He was using the force after all. Of course, it also could have been Mr. Mulligan putting out a plate of his famous ribs drawing the crowd away. The results were the same. Doug saw what he was looking for, a place to announce his presence. He got off the chair and started towards the deep end of the pool. Meanwhile, high above in the sky, something entered the Earth's atmosphere. It was round, as flying saucers tend to be, and it contained a single life form that had evolved under a distant star. 
His name couldn't be pronounced by the human tongue, so we'll just call him Barry. Barry was a forward scout, and he wasn't happy with his job, which his uncle, the fleet leader, had given him as a favor to his mom pack. He had 12 moms, and they all wanted him to do something with his life. So Barry found work as a scout, one of several landing across our planet. They were expendable, lowly creatures who were often captured and dissected. Barry thought he was capable of doing more. He downloaded numerous hours of data into his brain from the Earth transmissions. And he truly believed that these humans were dangerous, but also useful. With a strong enough hand to guide them, a leader to bring order, they could be turned into a weapon. The invasion fleet, hiding behind the moon, would wipe out the cities and reduce the human population down to something manageable. Then his people would strip mine this world's resources. It was a standard invasion, nothing special. But afterwards, when the fleet moved on, his people would leave behind a supervisor. Barry was hoping to get that job. He'd consumed their historical records and seen what these people were capable of back in a galaxy far, far away. Obviously, they weren't from this neighborhood. They must have been part of a massive empire that spanned the stars. After their civil war with the rebels, they probably fell on hard times. It was tough to rebuild after an empire falls. That's why Barry's people just kept invading everyone. He knew with the proper guidance he could return these humans to their former glory. And then, maybe, along the way, he could learn the secret of this force thing. He could even overthrow his people's own empire. Wouldn't that make his other hatchmates jealous? And his uncle proud. You know, if he survived the revolution. Anyway, Barry had picked a farm in the northeast United States to land in. He activated his camouflage field as he came down. It wasn't far from a small population of humans who were all at a pool party watching a kid dressed as Darth Vader climb the diving board. Doug had cut through the crowd, going up the steps and walking out onto the board. He took out his lightsaber and held it in the air. Then he started to jump up and down. People turned to look. They started to laugh. But Doug's parents didn't find it very funny. Is he uh, going to be able to swim in that getup? Mr. Mulligan asked Doug's dad. Doug's dad had been looking at the grill. He turned to see his son. That kid, he grumbled. Hey, is that your little brother? Someone asked Mike. He looked up from his phone, shook his head, and looked back down. His mom didn't need anyone to get her attention. She was already going to the side of the pool, yelling, Doug, you get down from there this instant. You cannot swim in that costume. Her voice was shrill and panicked. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Doug said, bouncing up and down on the board. He jumped hard one last time. Then with his cape billowing in the air, he flew up and managed to do a flip. It was impressive, something Luke would have done, not necessarily Vader. He splashed down into the water, breaking the surface, diving with his lightsaber out in front of him. The crowd was amazed. Claws broke out. Doug's parents were less excited. When he reached the edge of the water, they were waiting for him. His mom wanted to know if he was all right, but his father was already in the middle of a tirade. You get yourself home. Get cleaned up and stay in your room. I'm your father and you're going to listen to me. He had his son by the arm and was pulling him out of the pool, getting himself wet. Hey, that's my line, Doug said, holding his cape and squeezing the water out. What? His father asked. I'm your father. That's my line, Doug pointed out. What? His father asked again, dumbfounded. What? What? Just... He was struggling with words in a kind of fit that many parents are familiar with. I'm your father! Me! Now go home! You're grounded! For a moment, Doug held his lightsaber in his hand. He could feel it pulsing with energy. It was almost shaking. He felt the power of the dark side growing. He looked at his father and debated over striking him down. 
He wondered if his dad would disappear like Obi-Wan, leaving behind his swimsuit, tank top, and those awful Crocs. No, Doug knew better. He closed his blade and hung it back on his belt. As you wish, he said. He looked up to see the whole crowd watching. It was going to be a long walk through the yard and back out to the street. For the briefest moment, he felt a little embarrassed. He touched his lightsaber again, debating over cutting a swath through the crowd. He used the force instead, seeking out an exit. His eyes went to the back gate. There was a path back there through the little bit of woods between the backyards and the farm. He flung his cape over his shoulder, holding himself proudly. Then he marched out of the yard. His father was yelling at him. You get to your room! We're going to have a long talk when I get home! Doug wasn't listening anymore. He walked into the woods, keeping his cape up to avoid catching it on the pricker bushes. The noise of the party died behind him. He could see the fields of the farm. Sometimes there'd be cows wandering down this far. But not today. Today the field was extremely empty. There was a spot near the edge of the woods where the ground looked different. A perfect circle seemed to shimmer a little in the sunlight. Doug watched and thought he saw something open on the side of it. He felt a disturbance in the force. Barry stepped to the door, activating his personal camouflage. He was worried after reading reports from the other scouts. Things hadn't been going well. One of his compatriots had landed in Siberia, where he got too close to a kid's party. The partygoers were doing something called a Cossack kick. It was a traditional Russian dance where men bent down with their arms crossed, swinging their legs out. Feet covered in heavy leather boots were flying everywhere, and the little scout got caught in the mix. He didn't have a chance. Another scout landed in Bethlehem. After studying human religion, he thought it'd be a good spot, since the city was so important to many of their faiths. He barely escaped a riot after his camouflage failed. Amazingly, the riot had nothing to do with the sudden arrival of an alien. The scout that had it the worst came down just outside a fishing village in the Pacific. I should probably point out that Barry's people looked vaguely squid-like. Anyway, that poor guy was put on ice and later eaten. Rumor has it he was rolled in rice and served at a mall food court. Barry was wondering if they cooked him first as he stepped to the open door of the ship. His one eye looked over the woods and fell on Doug, standing there, staring at him. The camouflage was active, so there shouldn't have been any chance that little Vader could see him. But yet Barry had a feeling that those cold, dark eyes were looking right at him. When Barry saw Doug's hand reach down for his lightsaber, his tentacles tightened with fear. He debated over activating the ship's weapons, but scouts weren't supposed to attack, and this was the Dark Lord of the Sith. Maybe he was a bit shorter than he expected, but Barry still didn't want to mess with him. Slowly, the alien backed away from the open hatch. I'm so out of here, he thought as he activated his engines. Doug watched the shimmery thing lift off the cow pasture. There was a slight glow from the engines as it went into the atmosphere. Doug wasn't sure if it was his imagination if what he'd seen was real. But it didn't matter, because either way, it was cool. On the other side of the moon, Barry made his report to his uncle. He told him all about the Emperor and the stormtroopers and about the Force. His uncle listened intently, never once asking if Barry had actually seen any of these things. For Barry, it was obvious. If there was a Vader, then there was an Empire. Barry's uncle knew there were other worlds, places that'd be easier to conquer, so he took his fleet and left. Barry debated over sticking around wondering if little Vader would take him on as an apprentice. But then he thought about all the force choking, of the way he'd cut off his own son's hand. He decided it was better to be a lowly scout and keep all of his appendages as he followed his uncle, going on to another world that was less dangerous.
So that was Vader Takes a Dip. And while I may not have stopped an alien invasion, there was a pool party in a long stretch of time when I was five years old where I refused to get out of my costume. I can't remember if I jumped in or not, but I do remember my dad getting really mad and sending me home. Of course, he can't remember any of it. But then again, he can't remember who Boba Fett is. He was my brother's favorite action figure, which I was not allowed to touch. If you want, you can send me an email or leave a comment below and let me know what you thought of the story, and you can tell me who your favorite Star Wars character is. Mine is not actually Vader. It's a little guy that looks like a trash can. I'm sure you can guess who that is. Anyway, the next story up is called A Kayak from My Bed, featuring Abby and Bluey from Oma Gets Lost. It comes out August 23rd. Sign up on the email list to get an update and hear about my new book, The Curse of Purgatory Cove, coming out this fall. Thanks for listening. Oh, no! I'm your father! No! Music by Kevin McLeod.